Welcome back to Baytown Engage. I have a great show for you today. We have Dr. Marie Alcazar and Detective Lance Watkins of Baytown. Welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having us. They're nervous. I love it. I love it. So we have you here today because we want to talk about your partnership, who you are, and most importantly, Built for Agility and what that is and what you're doing for the community. So first, Dr. Alcazar, please tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you for having us. And my name is Dr. Marie Alcazar. I am the founder and chief transformation officer for Built for Agility. So Built for Agility is a nonprofit management consultancy that specializes in public safety transformation. What does that mean? It means that we care about social justice and we care about the uplift of our communities. Nice, nice. Now, Detective Watkins. Yes. Please tell us about you, own detective, and everything you do for City of Baytown. Oh, wow. Everything I do, all the hats that I wear? I want every bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm Lance Watkins and um, I have 30 years in law enforcement. I'm originally from New York City and came to the great state of Texas for the warm weather. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago, I was reminded of why. It for you. <laughs> ruined it for you. I, remi- it was, I was reminded as why I left New York. Like I said, 20 years there, retired, came to Texas for the warm weather, and I stayed retired for about 10 months until I realized that I still had a lot of energy left and wanted to get back into law enforcement. Lo and behold, I went to a couple of uh, hiring fairs. Baytown was there. Baytown called me first, and I'm in and Baytown. we snatched you up. Yes, yes. <laughs> Culture you know, shock. Yes. Well, actually, HPD said to me, hey, you know what? We Our class is already full. We'll leave you on the list for next year. Uh-huh. You know, but Baytown called me, so I'm here. What I do for the city of Baytown, actually, maybe the question is, what do I not do? But oh, okay, here we go. I, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> well, no, well, I'm one of their public information officers. Okay, so when any anytime something happens in the city and the media comes out, they're going to either see myself or a couple of other people that we have as PIOs. All right. I'm also a hostage negotiator. So if we have someone who's not feeling right mentally and they want to take their life, you know, we get called out and try to help out with that and barricade a subject, so on and so forth. I'm also a detective where I investigate crimes against children. And that's something that I'm passionate about because the crimes that happen against children is behind closed doors and people don't see it. So if there's a murder, it's in your face. You know, you feel that impact. But a lot of people do not know what really goes on with children and how they are mishandled. I, I totally understand. I believe mm-hmm. that. And thank you for all that you do. Thank you for coming down to Baytown, Texas and blessing us with all your skills. Dr. Alizar, you didn't wake up one day and say, I want to have Built for Agility. So what has been your journey from there to where you are right now? Yeah, so great question. So I've been in management consulting for you know close to 30 years now. And over the course of that journey, I've had an opportunity to do a lot of things, focus on really introducing transformational change in a corporate environment. And, you know, as I continue to see things going on in our community, you know, I recognize that much of the work that I've done over the course of my career is relative Mm -hmm. to the kind of work that needs to happen in our communities, right? And so as we look at large-scale transformation is nothing but getting people to have a shift in their mind and their heart, okay, about how they feel about different things. So I established Built for Agility back in November, sorry, October of 2019. Oh, really? Really? And, yeah, and 
and when I did that, it really was just a seed, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what that was going to look like. I knew that there was work that I needed to do. And I'm what I consider a spiritual person, so not really religious, but spiritual. And what I've tried to do really is allow God to direct my steps. And sometimes that really does mean taking a walk of faith where you're not really sure what the outcome is going to be, what it's going to lead you to. But I knew there was work that needed to be done. So if we fast forward to last year in the spring and everything kind of just kind of jumped off with George Floyd's killing, of course, there were many things that happened before George Floyd's killing, but it became like an awakening. And I just kind of said, had an aha moment. And I was like, this is it right? With all of the transformational work that I've done in a corporate environment, none of it could even come close to being as important as the work that we have in front of us now in our communities. And so that's where I really began to shift my focus around public safety, social justice, and all of the things that encompass that. So you're pretty much sitting on your purpose, not really doing what you could have fully done with it. But sometimes it's hard to realize that we tend to sit in fear and live in fear of But if I do that, will anyone listen? Will I do enough? But finally, that push happened to where you're like, okay, enough is enough. I have to really use my skills and all of that, who I am, to get the word out about what needs to be done. So what I will say is that people who know me know I'm almost a little too stupid to be fearful. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I really have been a person that I believe has followed their passion. However, I think that everything that I've done on my journey has been to prepare me for this moment, right? It was to get me ready so that I had the skills, the capabilities, the insight, the discipline to be able to really do the kind of work that is required in this space. And so I needed my journey in order to get here. Absolutely. So, and I'm thankful for it as for, for every door that God closed, he opened two more and he continues to open them. And even now with Built for Agility, we're starting to see things line up, right? And so we're no different than anybody else though, right? Lots of doors get closed in your face. Lots of people walk away and don't see the vision that I believe God has given us. And I'm so thankful to have Detective Watkins and in, in partnership with me on that. And, and I consider him a true partner, right? It might've been something that I ignited, but certainly it's a passion that lives in him just like it does in me. So it's been really an interesting walk that we're on, but I didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, I need to do this. What I realized is that God has been getting me ready for this all the time. Absolutely. So let's discuss this partnership. How did this happen? Where did the great minds meet and decide, you know what? I'm ready. You you already had the vision Mm -hmm. and you're jumping on board Detective Walking. So when did that happen? How was that? So actually, my partner and I, Dr. Jackie Colbert, we launched a podcast called Agile Lemonade. I listened. I like it. (laughs) Agile Lemonade did begin to touch on the social justice issues, but we really started out with a focus around helping our communities understand the importance of being agile, of having the ability to shift and pivot 
in response to what goes on in the environment, right? And so it was it's always intended to be our give back that we could take that learning and bring it to the community. And so Detective Watkins was actually introduced to me by another officer, Desiree Stanislis, who is a mutual acquaintance of ours. And when she found out about what we were doing with Agile Lemonade, and she was also a, a, a participant on that podcast, she recommended him because she knew he was really passionate about this kind of work in public safety. And so he joined us on the podcast and was a contributor to that podcast. And from that point, I mean, literally from the first conversation, we just clicked. That's good. Yes. That's rare. Yeah. That's rare and that's good. Very so how rare. was it for you, Detective Watkins? Pretty much the same. You know, it was it was a natural union. It's really hard to find like-minded people who can actually take this type of work, be serious about it, and not only just talk the talk, but walk it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I heard Dr. Alcazar's passion. And because it's a passion of mine, I definitely wanted to make sure that we did something together. Whether if, even if she said, hey, you know, I'm going to have a conference. Would you like to be a guest speaker or something like that? You were like, I'm I would have been down for the cause. Yes. <laughs> right, right. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. because we need this. And it's just weird how, like you said, things align. They align for a reason. And this is what's going on now. We can't turn back. Mm-hmm. And what Built for Agility is doing, it's perfectly aligned with helping to change the current trajectory that we're on. Now, let's discuss what is Built for Agility. I was reading up, reading the website, and I love that you have a few principles. You have to whom much is given, much is re- required. Serving is never sacrificed. It is a privilege, which I fully agree with. Wisdom, education, and pivoting with growth mind with a growth mindset can change the future of work, family, community, and even public safety in America. So those are the few things your principles are built on. So mm-hmm. let's tell everyone what is Built for Agility. So Built for Agility is a nonprofit organization that is centered and anchored on helping to uplift our community. Everything that we do is grounded in learning. And so we believe that as we look to have an impact, we've got to, number one, meet people where they are. And so we've got to go out into the community as a part of the community and embrace the idea that if we want something different, it starts with us. We can't change other people, right? And so we have to start with understanding ourselves, and that includes understanding historically where we come from, how we got to where we are, and then we have to make a deliberate decision about are we comfortable here or do we want to see a different future for ourselves and and our own legacy, right? To write the future because we can't rewrite the past. Okay. So as we do that, we realize that, again, much of this work is grounded in reaching out, meeting the community where they are, helping to share insights and learning that we've acquired over the course of our journeys in a way that will make it both relevant to where they are as well as serve a future purpose and and help them see that, you know what, we have the power to make things better. And so everything we do, every program we have is centered around learning and educating and getting smarter about who we are and what we need to do to change our future. So, you know, we we also address 
the relationship between public safety and the community and recognizing that if we want things to be better, there's got to be change on both parts. Right. There's got to be change in terms of the way that the community contributes to that relationship, as well as we need law enforcement to acknowledge where we are and understand that there are things that need to be changed around the practices and the principles in which they operate. Because at the end of the day, we all inherited this system, okay? And we all can agree that the system by design was not intended for people of color to win. Okay? That's just an acknowledgement. That's not us holding the people who are in office today hostage for the transgressions of, you know, their ancestors. But there is, you know, a process that we need to go through to heal. And to get to that healing, it starts with acknowledgement, right? And then beyond that, we do really have to look at the system itself. And for me, you know, probably different from many other nonprofits that also share a passion for the work around social justice. Many people like to talk about it. Many people think they have the answers to the problem and know, you know, what needs to change. And they're not doing anything about it. And, and many of them are trying to set the expectation for somebody else to do something. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, and again, based on my years of experience working in a transformational space, I have to start with self. I have to start with me and understand what do I need to do different to contribute to a different outcome, right? Right. Only then can I open my mind enough that I can be ready now to engage others. And so for Built for Agility, back to you know your core question, for Built for Agility, it's about helping to uplift and build our communities in a way that we can build self-healing communities, right? And self-healing suggests that we have what's required for us to be healed and to be better and do better and then making us a rightful partner to be able to engage with others to change the outcome. Detective Walken, so with you now partnering with this, how are you helping bridge that gap? It's obvious for me, I can, you know, knowing who you are and your work, but how are you helping bridge that gap? Because what this is, is let's work with self, now let's bridge the gap, come together, acknowledgement and how do we work together to make everything better? So what's your part in this? So my part in this is, I I kind of, I can fill in the gap with the information, okay. with meaning when people ask certain questions, mm-hmm. well, why why do the police do certain things? I kind of can fill in that gap for them and let them understand it in a way where they kind of, they get it, right? It's also because we have something called the Citizens Academy, okay? And what's great about that is I bring in the law enforcement aspect as well as, and I'll say it, I'm black and blue. Right. So I see both sides of the coin, right? And because I see both sides, I get it. I get why the police feel a certain way. I get why the black community feels a certain way, mm-hmm. right? Because I've been exposed to both of those nuances, right? But what I bring is the open-mindedness, the understanding that people are in a different place, and it's just the expertise and being able to say, whenever they have a question, being able to answer it the best way possible. So that's, it's it's fill, it's like the filler, right? right? So right. Dr. Alcazar has, you know, the concrete part, I have the filler, and then it becomes seamless. Where people, you see them at our academies, they go, oh wow, you know what? Had you never told me that, I would have never thought that. It's basically bringing you know? um, understanding. It's the understanding. The community not understanding law enforcement. Law enforcement not understanding community because right. after a while, 
there is a detach mm-hmm. yes. because you can't be more blue than anything else or you can be more community and not have understanding in anything right. no one understands the other side and you need to have that that bridging of the information to say well listen this is why this is and many times we do not sit to have those conversations and sit in understanding we sit in defensiveness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're ready to attack verbally of what they're about to say on both sides of it when you need to have that type of like you said the filler this is why right. this is this is why that is so what services do you offer and services for uh, built for agility ideally what we offer is coaching right okay. and we embrace the idea of coaching as opposed to teaching or leading and directing because we believe that a coaching relationship suggests that it's not one and done Right. So, yes, we introduce information and concepts, but our goal is to really get people thinking, right? To get them thinking, to get them feeling Mm -hmm. about the information that they learn and information that is shared. And we also give them an outlet to be able to communicate what they're feeling and what their experience has been, right? So, as we do that, then we help kind of coach people through navigating those feelings and hopefully leave them in a better place than what we found them. And so, as Detective Watkins was kind of sharing, you know, what he does, I I personally believe he's much more than a bridge. He's much more (laughs) than a filler. I lean on him heavily. There's not any one decision that I make that I make in a vacuum, right? And so I value his input. I value his experience. I value his his passion. It keeps me honest and keeps my feet to the fire about what we're doing. And I truly believe that we're better together. And so when I say that, I live by the words that I use. I don't just go into these sessions and coach people and talk about how we need to behave. I try to emulate that in the relationships that I have so that I'm standing in my truth. Right. Right. Because the reality is that we know we're going to make some mistakes. We're not going to get everything right. We don't pretend to know everything, but we come authentically standing in our truth and we stand with them. It's not us against them. It's not, you know, we don't have we're living black in America like everybody else is. Okay. Okay. And many of the the same plights that we have exist and show up everywhere, whether it's in law enforcement, whether it's in a corporate environment, people would be surprised how much we are subjected to, right? And so part of it is creating that environment that says we're in this together and open the door so that when people even have challenges in the future, that they feel like that they have somewhere that they can go with it. And when they do bring in lots of times in our academies all sorts of stuff comes out and when it does we talk through it and what we've seen pretty consistently is people say wow I'm so glad that I came because the stress and the burden that they were carrying is pretty much gone not gone but yes right but it just helps them to navigate it and be able to kind of get at a place where they have some headroom right to kind of think through things and be able to help themselves get to a better place and in doing so it means that they're now available to help somebody else and so ideally what we're trying to do is say each one bring one and one and one and, and five one. Yeah. and ten right, right. and bring more and create an environment that is magnetic that is going to draw people in and give all those people who have been sitting at home protesting from their couch <laughs> an opportunity to actively get involved in doing something that can make a difference. So what does your academy look like and how long is your academy and how was that dealing? You started in 2019 mm-hmm. and then 
when you know February hit, March hit of 2020, and shut down face-to-face communication with people and brought on more other types of feelings of isolation and exclusion and not being right. heard. So how are your academies set up? How long are the courses or how long is the course and how is it going to look for you for 2021, your academies? Right. So for, for the most part, we started out remotely like everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Doing um, Zoom calls and, and meetups and things like that. And then when things started to open back up is where we started trying to host small group working sessions, right? Still honoring social distancing and taking the necessary precautions that the CDC would put out. So we, we continue to do all that. And thank God we've been very blessed. We've, we haven't had any occurrences with anybody getting sick or anything. Good. And so, but the, the priority has been around the small group sessions. We realized that it really, there, there is a lot to be said for face-to-face. We do the best we can with, with Zoom and the other platforms, but the energy that you feel when you are are in the room with people is it's unmistakable right and so you know going forward we're going to be taking a hybrid approach right okay. where there's as we look to continue to partner with other organizations who share a common interest in doing work in this space we're going to be looking at hopefully in the summer doing a conference and even that conference will probably take a hybrid approach where we'll do some leadership workshops that will likely be face to face combined with offering some virtual sessions right that people can opt into, but everything is going to be based on equipping the community with the skills and the capabilities that they need in order to be able to address the challenges that we face Have the conversations, definitely. Yeah, have the conversations, you know, help people deal with some hard stuff. And we're also looking at building out a community innovation network, right? And that network is going to focus on bringing together people with different skills and capabilities that fall into specific sectors, including addressing things like crisis and psychological services. And, you know, we're not an expert at all those things. So we want to build a network of people who do offer a variety of different services so that we can have resources people can tap into as they face different challenges, right? But also taking a look at people who operate in these different capacities and grounding them in the kind of a mindset shift that we need to take, right, in order to be able to get to a higher place. So especially faith-based leaders, right? So pastors, preachers, teachers, leaders, you know, community advocates, right. all of us who are out here who are influencers in our community, but to be able to offer that grounding learning around how we deal with some of these challenges, I think is important. Because I think a lot of people, they get to a certain point and they, right. and we begin to operate as if we've arrived. As a, Oh, absolutely. You know. And forget uh, real quick. Well, And then reality hits like, oh, wait, you can't forget. Yeah. You know, and just thinking that they put in the work, right? They've Mm -hmm. done what they need to do as opposed to being in a place where they need to continue to grow themselves in order for them to really be able to serve those people who follow them. Right. And I'm talking directly to my preachers and pastors (laughs) out there. I'm just going to call it what it is. I'm going to call it what it is for all of you preachers, pastors, you know, missionaries out there who know you have people looking at you and watching you and listening to you, I'm calling you out, right? Dr. Ellis are calling people out. So let me ask you, Dr. Ellis, before you call me out, listen. (laughs) So how can we join the Academy? Mm -hmm. How can we be a partner and help? What do we need to do if we want to help out, either be monetary or I want to be a coach? I don't know. I want to join the Academy. How do we go about doing that? So you can go to our website, builtforagility.org. 
There's information out there on how you can get involved. There's lots of different ways that you can support. Becoming a community coach is an option for anybody in the community. You don't have to be in a leadership capacity. You could be an individual citizen who's just passionate about this and wants to give back and help the community. So you can go through our community coaches program, or even if you're somebody who maybe you're not ready to make the commitment as a coach, but you just want to be involved, then we've got an op- we've got room for everybody. There is room for everybody at the table. Detective <laughs> <laughs> Watkins, I want to ask you, how has it been for you being a police officer, being in law enforcement, mm-hmm. and bringing them to the table? How has that been for you? Okay, and if you don't mind, I'd like to just kind of, before I Go answer ahead, that question, absolutely. it's built for agility, it's the number four. Okay, number four. Yes. Okay. yes. Yeah, built number four, agility, four yeah. And I will make four. sure it's in all the show right. notes. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. And Built for Agility is a good platform for those that's that's looking for a place to participate or to give back and they have no idea where to go. Okay. Okay. We offer a safe place. And the good thing too is when you come to one of the academies and you say what you need to say, you feel comfortable saying it and you are heard and you're validated. Your opinions are heard and validated. And a lot of times that's what people need. They need to know that, hey, I said something, someone heard me, heard me. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel validated and comfortable in my comment. So I just wanted to throw that in there first. Absolutely. Right. Throw away. Go right. ahead. So now when you ask me about bringing the police. Yeah, I mean, because of your the, role, you know, right. how has it been bringing them into these conversations? And I'll tell you, it's very difficult. This is an institution that has been around for a very long time. And it's deeply rooted in and grounded in the current beliefs. Right. So to go to an institution and say to them, something's wrong in your house. It's a hard pill for them to swallow. Okay. So I have to figure out another way around that. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's getting a few more officers to kind of join and then, you know, bring each one brings one. Right. And then when they see that this is not going to be a finger pointing, because that's what people feel, you know, oh, if I go to one of these academies, they're just going to beat up on the police and it's going to blame us. Exactly. That's not the issue at hand. What we need to do is recognize that there is a problem, recognize it, understand it, and let's try to fix it. Okay. Because as long as you stay behind the blinders or if you keep, you know, uh, saying, Hey, I have no idea. I had no idea this was going on. You don't need to address it. You don't need to change yourself. You don't need to change the policies. But we have to address the elephant that's been standing in the room for a long, long time. And it's finally moving about and it's starting to make some waves. You know, so to answer your question, it's a little difficult, but I'm going to keep working at it. As you should, as you should. <laughs> I want to say thank you to you both for coming in and being so open and transparent and sharing with everyone what you're doing because you've had you've held a few academies. I'm guessing it was the academies you held here yes. on Saturdays and they've been I've tried to listen at the door like what's going on? Right, right. I had to work. <laughs> but I want to say thank you so much for coming in, Dr. Alazar, for sharing your vision and your purpose and, and Detective Watkins for just being a part of it and working for Baytown and being a part of it. And I appreciate it. I'll make sure everyone has all your information. Um I want to add one thing. Go ahead. And this is just kind of a dovetail off of what Detective Watkins shared Mm -hmm. is that we work hard to create an environment that embraces diversity and inclusion. Right. This is not just for black people. 
okay? This is about addressing issues of humanity beyond the color of our skin. We recognize the jeopardy that we live with because of that. But on the community side, this is about welcoming all people, regardless of, you know, their ethnic or social background, that they're welcome to become a part of Built for Agility. You know, I, I tell them all the time, diversity is our superpower, right? That's what's going to allow us to have a breakthrough. And so I want to make sure that we express that this is about us as people, as human beings, and not just about black people. And so we hope that we'll be able to reach others and that we'll begin to see more diversity mm-hmm. among our coaches and the people that we work for and we that we work with. And we just want everybody to know that they're welcome and don't let any preconceived notions about what we are or we might be keep you away. If you want, if you're passionate about social justice and the work that we're trying to do and you want to be a part of it and you're looking for an opportunity to give back and help your community be, you know, bigger, better, stronger, then we've got an opportunity for you. Thank you so much for listening to Baytown Engage. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Podbean, Apple and Spotify. Stay tuned.